Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode one of The Vampire Diaries, which is, of course, called Growing Pains. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking bet. (laughs) (laughs) For everybody. Man, no one is happy with the way the events unfolded last week. And they haven't even gotten the chance to unpack the fact that Alaric's dead. I, again, am still like, I don't know. We'll see. Even though we have no evidence that he's alive after this. But we'll see. But no one said, oh, our leader Alaric has died. That's why this pastor is here. No one has said that. Yeah, no one said that. I do also have an off mic update. Oh, sure. I was thinking about the whole Alaric storyline because I do not believe he's dead. You will not believe it. You will not hear it. I won't hear it. And I was trying desperately to find some path of logic in that. Okay. And he was you know, staked with the White Oaks. St- oh, no, he wasn't staked with the White Oaks stake because he just died because Elena died. Then never mind, this is irrelevant. Because I was going to say that I thought maybe the ring brought him back to life and we know he goes to the other side whenever he dies with the ring. So then that would explain why he was on the other side briefly, but he wasn't stabbed with the stake, so. But also rings only work on humans. As far as we know. The Gilbert ring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It protects the wearer from a supernatural death. And we've been told, although we've never seen a supernatural person try, we've been told that it wouldn't work on them. I'll make a whole nother form of logic. Sure. Because when Alaric died, it was because Elena died. Yes. We get that. They both died. Elena came back to life. Well, but canonically, even when vampires, you know, whatever, come back to life, they're still technically dead. But Alaric was technically dead anyway, as a vampire. But the whole idea of tying Alaric to Elena was that Esther was tying him to a human life. Elena's human life is over. Sure. But I'm but I believe. But you think there's a loophole. But I think Esther planned for that human life to end in a human way. Well, she drowned. That's a human death. But she didn't stay dead. But she was a human who died a human death. Like, (laughs) I know that you are grasping at anything. You are like dangling off the edge of Alaric is alive clip. And I am stepping on your feet so you fall. <laughs> stepping on my fingers every day. And you keep reaching. And then I keep stepping on your fingers. <laughs> I just think, you know, yes, it's a human death. I think Esther planned for natural causes. And I'm not saying for sure that a spell has to be that specific. Why would Esther plan for natural causes? She knows that Elena hangs out with vampires. She doesn't think things through. That's why. Yeah. You can't fight me on that one. Yeah, you're right. It's exactly the type of oversight that we would see from Esther is all I'm saying. But if anything, no, actually, the oversight that we would think from Esther is that she didn't think things through enough. If she's planning for natural causes, she took an extra step to think about how Elena would die. She's usually less prepared. (laughs) That is fair. She doesn't think about all the ramifications, which actually probably aided her here because Elena could die in any way. Esther was probably like, well, it's unlikely that she's going to die the same way as her parents. (laughs) I'm trying to come up with a reason why we saw Alaric on the other side. Because he was headed there because he was dead. And we know Elena was on the other side while she was, you know, mid-transition. So maybe he was just hanging out there until that settled. Here's an idea. Maybe evil Alaric completed the transition to vampire, but good Alaric never did. That could be. Could it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think there's a potential that those two split at some point sure. as a result of the dark magic because we... Hadn't seen Godelurk in a while and suddenly he's the only one on the other side. 
no sale. I think that, you know, we have some issues here. No sale. I just think there are a lot of loose ends and no one has said, wow, if only we had a Lurk Saltzman who tragically died to help us continue this mission on the council. No one has said that. You're right. No one even called attention to Alurk being dead this episode, which I guess they would do anyway if he died. But well, I want to bring to your attention the fact that this is like the day after all of the events of season three, episode 22. So do you think perhaps they just assume that Alurk hasn't checked his phone today? No. You don't think so? Because I think evil Alurk would be up their asses and he would be involved in this. Like, they'd be like, it's weird that Alaric's not here to be involved in this. Well, clearly the pastor has a plan that is not like a consensus that the council agreed upon. So maybe the pastor wants to take over Alaric's position, that he's been in the Council B squad for too long. I just think we still have potential Alaric is alive, and I'm trying to sure. throw out some, some reasoning, however shaky. I guess we'll see if we ever see him again. We might not. We might not, but <laughs> I doubt that. I will hold on to that. You have to have hope. That's the only thing Elena wants us to have. That's all she asked of me. It's the least I can do for the main character. <laughs> and this season, I realized I probably should have been doing this other seasons. I'm going to let us know when new chapters start, when they do. Mm-hmm. I think I've been doing it, but not as regimented. So chapter one of season four is called the transition chapter for obvious reasons. So this is the beginning of the transition chapter. Obviously, we're talking about Elena's transition, but also the transition for everyone else, because Elena is very central to the story. Obviously, she is now the one writing the titular vampire diary. So everyone is going through a period of transition, especially now with the council changing. Yeah, the transition of the council to a new town where everyone knows about vampires and Elena's going to make this transition everybody's problem. Yes, she will. Even though other people have turned into vampires with a lot less fanfare. And I will say, I said this to Stephanie while we were watching the episode. This is where people start to turn on Elena. Elena gets a rap for being a pretty annoying main character. And I think a lot of that starts in season four, which is why it's weird that I like season four to some fans. But that's something we can watch for that we're already seeing pieces of in this episode that like the selfishness and the main character syndrome and the center of everyone's thing is getting a little old yeah because you know the first couple seasons she is the main character it's fine it makes sense but now I think it's you know everyone else is dealing with similar issues like you're not the first ever person to transition to a vampire well yeah as a doppelganger she did have a truly unique position and she was like oftentimes like yeah she was actually the most important person that like Klaus was worried about that everyone was worried about but now she's just another vampire And like, I know it's Elena and everyone loves her, but you're all vampires, okay? She's not like the first person to invent wanting to have blood. Yeah, to be like conflicted about drinking blood. But we'll get into that, I'm sure, many times over the course of the season. Okay, so now that we've gotten through all of that, let's get to the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki as always. Elena awakens on the morning after the accident to find the things she dreaded most has come true. She died with vampire blood in her system and now must go through the terrible transition to become a vampire or face certain death. Stefan promises Elena that he and Bonnie will exhaust every possible way out of the situation, but Damon is furious with his brother for letting Elena die in the first place. 
Bonnie pays a terrible price for her attempt to change Elena's fate, while Damon takes out his frustration and rage on Matt. In a rare moment of empathy, Rebecca is deeply touched by Stefan and Elena's devotion to one another. We'll get to that later. I find that to be a misread (laughs) of Rebecca's character. Yeah. Finally, Pastor Young and the town council members begin rounding up the vampires and their supporters, leading to an unexpected tragedy. I thought it was expected, to be completely honest. Well, you thought they were going to die. You didn't think they were going to kill themselves. <laughs> so we start the episode. The screen is white. We hear a lawnmower, dog barking, lots of noise. It's very, like, overstimulating. And then we are actually in the Gilbert house. Elena opens her eyes. She wakes up. She gasps. She's like, oh, my God. What happened? Where am I? She sees Stefan in her room. He says, hey. <laughs> What do you remember? Do I have to break this news to you again? He says, so you've been in and out for hours. And she says, oh, my God, what happened? It makes me think that she's been like gasping awake like every couple hours. And he's like, are you ready to hear this? Oh, no. Back down. OK, <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll wait. I'll just scroll on Twitter. So Stefan says you were in an accident. Elena says, oh, my God, Matt. And she's like, is he and Damon from the corner of the room? pissed off, sitting by the window, stewing, says, oh, Matt, is he alive? Why don't you ask Stefan? He's the hero. And Stefan says, "Um, yeah, he's fine. And Damon's clearly pissed about this, which I cannot fault him for. Yeah, but Elena's not pissed. She thanks Stefan for saving Matt. And she says, wait a second, but I thought, well, how did you? And Damon says, oh, how did he save you? Oh, he didn't. Yeah. She's like, wait, how'd you come back and save me before I died? And Damon's like, he full didn't. He just let you die. She's like, I thought for sure I was about to drown. I'm glad I didn't. And Damon said, you did. You full did. (laughs) You full glugged. You went glug glug, girly. Stefan says, okay, so to clarify, when Jeremy brought you to the hospital before like all the events of yesterday, your injuries were worse than any of us knew. And Meredith Fell made the executive decision to use Damon's blood to heal you. And Damon says, so when Rebecca ran Matt's truck off the road, you had vampire blood in your system. And she says, wait a second. She said, doesn't that usually mean that I'd be a vampire? She says, level (laughs) with me here. Am I dead? And then from their look, she can tell that she is. Yeah. And she says, no, that wasn't supposed to happen. And they're like, girl, we know, but it did. This is what we're trying to tell you. Well, Stefan says, well, maybe it doesn't have to. I talked to Bonnie. She said she's stronger than ever and there might be something she can do. And Damon says, no, no. Uh, The only thing to do is feed and complete the transition, move on with our lives. And you got to agree with Damon here. (laughs) Yeah. Damon's like, no, let's not give her false hope for something that won't work. He's like, no, just drink some fucking blood and get over it. Suck it up. And Stefan says we have all day to exhaust every possible way out of this. And Damon says, there is no way out of it. We can exhaust everything we want. There's not an option. We all know the drill. You feed or you die. There's no door number three. And Elena says, okay, I just want to confirm though. I was super ready to die. I've been wanting to die for a while. I've made that pretty well known. It's the one choice you guys don't seem to respect. (laughs) She says, I can't be a vampire. So whatever Bonnie can try, let's do it. It's just like, girl, I'm sorry. I know that this happened against your will. You weren't ready for it. You didn't want it to happen. But unfortunately, this is where we are right now. And also, 
also, you know, it happens against everyone's will. It happened against Caroline's will. It happened against Jenna's will. It happened against Vicky's will. Against Damon's will. Kind of against Stefan's will, but he, you know, whatever. He did his thing. <laughs> anyway, but the thing is, is like, it's very hard at this point to not be like, Elena, you fought the good fight. You made it three seasons. Adjust. Pivot. And it's also just, it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, I know you didn't really want to be a vampire, but like, did you want to drown? Like, this still seems like a good deal for you. Like, I get it's not fun, but you've seen other people go through the transition. You see that people have very happy lives as vampires. Maybe not Stefan. <laughs> but, but that's your issue for hanging out with Stefan so goddamn much. Yeah. Stefan says, we'll try everything. And Damon says, fine, your choice is always. Because he's obviously pissed that Stefan respected Elena's choice so much that he was willing to let her die in a car underwater. And that's fair. And I have to give him that. That's correct. So Damon goes downstairs and he pours himself a drink. The plus of Alaric being dead is there's actually some whiskey in this house. (laughs) And Damon says, way to get Elena's hopes up for something that has never happened in the history of vampirism. And Stefan says, well, you know, you weren't there the day that Elena looked me in the eye and told me she never wanted this. Stefan, that doesn't change that it's never happened in the history of vampirism. Oh, she didn't. Oh, she didn't want it. Oh, well, then I guess it's okay. David's like, I don't have to be there. I get the gist of that conversation. Like, that's not the most complex conversation that anyone's ever had. He says, oh, no, I'm aware she didn't want to be a vampire. Here's an idea. Maybe then you shouldn't have let her die. Yeah, he's like, you could have just saved her first and then Matt would be dead, but who gives a fuck? Damon's like, I don't know why we all suddenly felt the need to save Matt, which I have to agree with him there. Yeah. Stefan says, I never meant for her to die. She asked me to help Matt first and I did. And Damon says, and now the world has one more quarterback. (laughs) Bravo. And it's, it is true. Like, I know that Elena asked and I do think had they saved Elena and not Matt and he died, yes, she would be very upset. But she also, I mean, this is the thing about Elena that gets me in this episode. You can't have it both ways. You can't be happy that Matt's alive and upset you're a vampire. The alternative is that you're alive and Matt's dead. Like, you can be selfish or you can be unselfish, but the thing is, is like, girl, this is where we are. Matt's alive, you got what you wanted. Suck it up and drink some freaking blood. And I think if someone had come to her in that moment, like if you could pause time and say, look, Elena, right now, either you can get out and live and Matt will die or Matt will live and you'll become a vampire. Which one do you pick? She would pick her being a vampire, I think, over Mm -hmm. Matt dying. But she's just mad at how this went. Yes. And I don't blame her. Like, I don't blame her. This is obviously a very tragic thing. No one knew she was going to become a vampire. She wanted to save Matt. But unfortunately, things don't always go your way. Well, and there is an aspect of it, too, that she hasn't, she's not unpacking. And we're never going to unpack, which I think is disappointing. But the trauma of reliving the same accident again. Yeah. That is adding on to this and then still surviving and still feeling guilty about surviving because everyone else feels guilty that she's become a vampire except Damon. Who's like, who cares? She made it three seasons, guys. (laughs) Just take the W. Damon's like, let's remember when we all thought she was going to die in the sacrifice. I was ready to turn her then. I thought she would have been a vampire by now. Good for her that she pushed it this long. She's now the center of everyone's world in a more like, high stakes, painful way. She feels guilty about choosing Matt because she's become a vampire, which is causing so many problems for people. She just feels guilty about this whole thing, which is just not useful. Just drink some blood, move on. We're here. It's happening. And Stefan says, okay, here's the thing, Damon. I made a choice I will regret the rest of my life. So let me try to fix it. 
give us an idea. Just give her some blood. But we've, we've run that point to the ground. Stefan, you made the mistake. Fixing it would have been saving her first. Um, you didn't do that. It's done. So we're done. And you already regret like every other fucking thing you've done. So what's another one on the list? At the end of the day, <laughs> this one's pretty low stakes. This is less offensive than you, you know, almost driving her off this bridge yourself. Yeah. Remember when you did that? You got past that? Yeah, you seem to get over that really quick. Then we go upstairs with Elena. She's looking in her mirror. She's rubbing her temples. She's looking at her teeth. They hurt. She has been hearing the electricity buzzing all morning. Jeremy comes to the door and she's like, oh my God, hey, Jeremy, love you. Hey, King. And he says, are you okay? He said, I watched Vicky go through this. Her emotions were all over the place and she was a mess. Old memories came flooding back. And Elena is like distracted by the electricity, but she does take the time to be mean to Vicky. <laughs> she <laughs> says, well, I'm not Vicky. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, Vicky was more prepared because she was used to her brain chemistry being fucked up by the drugs. You're not prepared for that. You haven't been through it. And Jeremy says, I know you're not Vicky, but you're you. You act like everything's okay. So no one worries about you, but you need help. And she says, I'm fine. Obviously, she's not. We can you can tell by the way she says it. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's jerkily looking at every lamp in the room like, yeah, I don't think you're doing good, Elena. (laughs) Don't look awesome. And she says, have you talked to Bonnie? And Jeremy says, yeah, when I was shot, she pleaded with the spirits to bring me back. And they listened. And Elena says, yeah, but the consequences were pretty bad. You know, all the ghosts came. And Jeremy says, what could be a worse consequence than you turning into a vampire? Is this is this a joke? What could be a worse? Con- There's a lot of worse consequences. Well, also, like, how many times do you think the spirits are going to bend over backwards to do what Bonnie wants? She's lucky they did it once. Again, so the spirits, I get it for Jeremy. He was dead. She was deeply in love with him at the time. She like cried and begged him. If I'm the spirits, I'm like, I don't see what the big fucking problem is. She's alive. She's a vampire. Sure. They're like, what else do you want? Like, let her fucking be a vampire. She already broke the laws of nature to be a vampire. Just give her some fucking blood. That vampire ship has sailed. We're not really concerned about the laws of nature on them anymore, but I'm not bringing her back to life when she's alive. I got other shit to do. You know, there are other people in the world. You know, people are actually dying. And they say, but this one's Elena. The spirit's like, I don't know who that fucking is. And Jeremy says, I need my sister, not another one of them. And I do get Jeremy's point here. I think Jeremy has a little bit more of a leg to stand on than maybe Stefan does. Mm-hmm. Because like, as far as Jeremy sees it, vampirism has really been the downfall of like almost everyone he loves. Every person he knew as a human who became a vampire or as a vampire is like dead because they were a vampire. Vicky, Anna, Jenna, Alaric. Like he doesn't want Elena to become a vampire. And I think he has a little bit more stake in it because it's a little bit more personal for him than Stefan, because from Stefan's point of view, just teach her how to drink blood, King. I think the thing with Jeremy, too, is that he wants to get away from this like crazy vampire lifestyle at some point. Like, I think he knows he's in Mystic Falls, like Elena's in love with two vampires, like it's part of their lives. But I think he he kind of hoped we'd get past it. Yeah, He thought that maybe they could get out of it at some point, like all the immortal people would go do their thing and he'd just be with his sister and they'd be good. And now he's like, oh, so this is just my life now. Like, this is it. So Jeremy's going through his own thing. Elena says, hey, we're going to find another way out of this. Everything is going to be okay. Girly, let's not make promises. I was watching that right then. I said, no, you won't. You'll be a vampire. I'm sorry. That's the way out of it. The way out of it is you drink some blood. Everything will be okay. 
but you're not getting out of this situation. Yeah, it is what it is. Jamie says, hope so. And then he leaves. Elena keeps hearing the electricity and she finally goes up to a lamp and just crushes a light bulb with her bare hand. Yeah, you're doing awesome, girl. Yeah, you're handling this really well and calmly. So then we go into the caves under, it's kind of the tombish area where these caves are. Bonnie is hanging out with Klaus's charred body and Ty Klaus comes in and he says, beautiful, isn't it? (laughs) Bonnie says, what are you doing here? The deal we made with Tyler was that you'd leave his body and jump into someone else's the first chance you got. And he says, yeah, that's because I thought I was going to be a pile of ash, but fate and oxygen intervened and my body looks great. Put me back in there. They set on fire and closed the coffin. I'm still intact over there. And you got to love his self-confidence that he would rather be in his body than in Tyler's sexy, sexy body. Yeah, he could pick literally any body of any hot man. And he says, no, I want mine. Not that I have any issue with how Joseph Morgan looks, but you know, if I'm if I'm a man, I would like to look like Tyler. I would look, like to look like either of them. I don't care which one. If I have to pick one, I'm picking Tyler, though. Interesting. If I pick one, I'm picking Klaus, probably. Maybe a classier man than me. I drink martinis and tea. <laughs> I drink beer. <laughs> anyway, Bonnie says, well, I can't put you back in there right now. I'm busy. And Tyler says, well, your history teacher outed Tyler and Caroline to the council. So they are in the warpath and I'm in a body that is decidedly vulnerable. And Bonnie says, well, I'm booked up today. I have to help Elena before she has to feed. And Ty Klaus says, well, Elena's dead. So I don't really care what happens to her anymore. He's like, I really don't give a fuck about Elena. I only cared about her because of her blood, which is it's now moot. So so I I really don't care if she lives, dies, not really my business. I want to be in my hot little body. Yeah. Bonnie says, you're forgetting that I just saved your life. And Ty Klaus says, you're forgetting that I can rip your tongue out. (laughs) Put me back. Two excellent points raised. And Bonnie says, "Mm, but if I can keep Elena human, you'll get back your endless supply of blood for your hybrids. Isn't that what you want? And that is what Klaus wants. So he does let go of her. And he says, okay, I'm going to hang out here. Same rules apply. No one knows. Do you understand that? And she says, yeah, of course. Duh. I wouldn't tell anyone. I've got other shit to do. Yeah, she's like, they would not be happy with me doing this. I, I am not telling anyone about this. Yeah, she's like, do you think any of my friends would be happy if I tell them BTW, Klaus is alive? And the reason for that is because I chose to save him. So then we go over to the hospital. A pastor approaches, and we know because he's got his little pastor shirt on. I know that there's a name for it, but I don't care. I couldn't tell you what the name is. And he has an entourage behind him of, like, a militia. They have, like, obviously guns. They got all the baldies in town. Literally. <laughs> and they approach Meredith. She says, oh my God, Pastor Young, hey, to what do we owe the honor? Don't tell me it's your blood pressure again. Girl, you read the room. Girl, it's a pastor surrounded by bald guys. They're a cult. Yeah. He says, I wish it was blood pressure. I wish my blood pressure was bad. And then he turns to his entourage and he says, the blood bank is in the basement. You guys go sweep the rooms. And Meredith's like, what are you guys doing and the pastor says oh we're adding security measures because the blood here flies off the shelves here's my thing i get you don't want vampires in town i understand the fight and that they're getting blood from blood bags now if there's no blood from blood bags guess where the next source of food is humans yeah which i get they're just trying to shut down all the supply in town it seems short-sighted is all i'm saying yeah well also their plan is to completely eradicate vampires no matter how successful it may or may not be. So they won't have to like protect the blood bags forever if they can succeed in the plan today, which was clearly their plan. Um, We'll see if they do by the end of the episode. 
Meredith says, well, who gave you the authority to do this? And he says, the council. They've entrusted me to secure the town. And unlike other founding families, I don't have conflicting interests. And she's like, what does that mean? (laughs) It's pretty clear what that means. And he says, Alaric told us everything. You better start looking for a new job. Like, okay, I'll go get a job at a faith-based hospital and perform my miracles. Fine. Or I'll just go a few towns over again. The medical board isn't going to care. Medical board isn't going to care that I save too many patients. Yeah. I think I'll be good. So then we go to a separate room in the hospital where Matt and Caroline are catching up because Matt was at the hospital after, you know, near drowning, but not. Matt says, Elena doesn't want to be a vampire. And Caroline says, yeah, she doesn't want to be dead either. And now she's not. So suck it up. Yeah, Caroline's like, okay, yeah, none of us wanted to be vampires. We're all fucking here, aren't we? Yeah, Caroline's like, do you think I wanted to be suffocated with a pillow by someone who I thought was my best friend, Elena? I didn't. I didn't want it either, but here I am. But no one tried to help me. To be fair, I did drink blood pretty fast because I was in a hospital. (laughs) Because no one told me what this entailed. Caroline says, Matt, this isn't your fault. And he says, no, it's all my fault. I was driving. I was saved. She's a vampire because of me. Now, He's certainly a part of this, but there's a lot of people to blame for why Elena is a vampire. Number one, Meredith gave her blood. Number two, you didn't just drive off the bridge, Matt. You kind of were run off the bridge by Rebecca. Yeah. And number three, Elena is the one who wanted to die. Like, obviously, you're a part of it. You were at the wheel, but you're not like the most at fault here. Well, it's like the thing of they wouldn't have been on the bridge if Matt and Jeremy didn't decide to bring her out of town. That's true. But also they wouldn't have been on the bridge if Elena didn't have to go back to say goodbye to a vampire. It's just a lot of people are involved. Really, at the end of the day, Elena wanted to die and she just picked the wrong time to die. Well, and I just feel like, I mean, I think everyone just goes through this whole thing this episode and it's like, guys, take a step back. All's well that ends well. Yeah. There is a way that they save Elena. She's alive and Matt's dead. She's upset. Right now, you found the solution. However, accidentally you found it. Everyone's alive, except Alaric. He had his own thing. (laughs) But like, given the options you had with all the pieces of it that you did or did not know, this is kind of the best solution. It's really all's well that ends well. So why are we all like whining? Well, it's also like, you guys can all feel guilty about it, but like, it's fucking over. It's done. The choices were made that were made. Everyone's alive. Let's move forward with this. Like, let's celebrate what we have now because this is it. We got it. Like, it's done. Yeah, this is the situation we're all in. Then Caroline says, hey, cool it with the V word, the V word being vampire. She says, because I'm a fugitive. I'm supposed to be halfway to Florida by now. And Matt says, then why are you here? And she says, I don't know where to go. Tyler's dead and everything's different now. She cries. They hug. Yeah, because her plan was to be a fugitive with Tyler, go run off with this guy that she's in love with. And now she's like, now I'm just by myself and I'm just supposed to go drive somewhere. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm just supposed to go to Florida. I can't even go to Paris with Klaus. That offer seems to have expired as well. (laughs) I got nothing. And then Caroline hears a sound and she hides pretty fast. And a man comes in. He's one of the pastor's entourage. And we'll see him a lot through this episode. He is definitely the smartest of the entourage, although it ends up being useless. And he's not very smart in this scene. Mm -hmm. He comes in and he just like looks. He doesn't knock. He just comes in. And Matt says, can I help you? And Matt's just standing there. Like, why is this guy just standing in a hospital room, buddy? (laughs) And the guy who's wearing like a bulletproof vest already, like looks around and then says into a walkie, like, all good here. And it's like, boy, could you have been a little bit more like inconspicuous? Well, also like you don't want to go like check the bathroom in the room or anything. 
this was not his best work this episode. He does a better job later until, of course, until, of course, he stops doing a good job. Yeah, but he probably would have died regardless because of uh, other circumstances. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll get there. Then we go over to the Lockwood house where the pastor and his entourage are putting Carol Lockwood in handcuffs. And they say, hey, we just need to ask you a couple questions about your son. And she says, um, you can't arrest me. I'm the mayor. And the pastor says, not anymore. Okay, who is? No one has actually taken the jobs of mayor and sheriff. And like, I know you're all really overwhelmed with the vampire part of it. But you do know there are other jobs related to those, right? Like, yeah, there are other responsibilities. It kind of seems like the plan was to make like Alaric the mayor and Pastor Young the sheriff. Mm -hmm. But obviously those don't work for a number of reasons. And then we go quickly over to outside the police station where Liz is walking up to go to work. And Pastor says, hey, sorry, Liz, you're not going to work today. And she says, what? She's like, "Okay," And he says, they're taking your badge. You're not fit to protect us anymore. And she says, okay, you guys really have no idea what you're up against. <laughs> yeah, because she's kind of like, look, I get why you guys are pissed, but um, you're going to get killed. And this is the Council B squad. They haven't known anything about anything that's happened in the last three seasons. And they're coming in. And clearly they have ways of learning things because I think Alaric snitched a lot of information to them. But like, they are coming in relatively blind. Like, Alaric gave them the information of like, this is how you stake a vampire. Here are these weapons, whatever. It was like a day. So he can't teach them all the intricacies. And like, let's not forget, not to get on this soapbox, but the type of people who would be on the Council B squad who are willing to form a militia are not really the thinkers of our society. Yeah. And <laughs> probably are incredibly sexist and don't realize how strong vampires are compared to them because they think they're the strongest people. Especially when vampires are pretty blonde girls. Yeah. So I just think they're going to be easy to beat and easy to trick into, you know, play dead for two seconds, for example. Yeah. Or, I mean, we see later, and not to get ahead of myself, but like Stefan couldn't trick that deputy, but Rebecca could. Yeah. Also, I think these deputies are underestimating the level of fear because they know they're vampires, right? They, they get that. But when a vampire is lunging at you with the veins out and the fangs out, different situation than I think you were prepared for. And they move fast. Yeah. It's something different that they need to think about, which they haven't. They're just kind of drunk with power at this time. Yeah. And the pastor says, like, on the contrary, I do know what I'm up against. I have your deputies and the town supply of Vervain, including the stash at the Salvatore house. We're making our move. I have one thing to say. Whatever happened to separation of church and state? <laughs> well, you have all the deputies? What's that a combined IQ of 45? Oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm scared. You have all the deputies and some vervain? I mean, we'll get to this, but the way they go through vervain in this episode, like, are you guys growing more? Like, you can't use like 40 bunches at a time. And they end up setting a lot of it on fire at the end. Yeah. Also, this is a plot hole we might deal with. Remember how when the originals were a big threat? Stefan and Damon were building up an immunity to Vervain. Oh. And I know we never saw them like get fully immune to it the way like Catherine is, where it doesn't even affect her. We know they were still struggling, but they seem to be building it up pretty good. And that all seems to be kind of out the window now. To be fair, Stefan got shot a few times too. Yeah. I mean, Stefan had other things going on and the Vervain, I mean, he was fine, but it's like. But you would think that would have played a bigger role. You're right. But also the council, it's like, 
vampires can learn to be immune to Vivane, obviously, we've seen. And I guess that probably is something that Alaric didn't get to explain because he probably forgot. Yeah, he can't go through everything, especially because Evilurk is like, he was a different type of gun. <laughs> he's focused on guns. And to be fair, he's teaching, again, the Council B Squad, who has a combined IQ of 45. Yeah. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline has finally grabbed a bag and she's about to leave town. She gets a call from Liz. Liz is like, hey, Caroline, please tell me you're already far away. And Caroline says, mm, uh, I just see a lot of boring highways. Why? Is everything okay? And as soon as she says that, uh, the council gets her. And Liz says, Caroline. And they get her in the neck with a syringe of her vein and knock her out. Poor Caroline. Everybody be kidnapping Caroline. They just can't leave her alone. And then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena is eating a sandwich while Stefan watches. Uh, she says it is disgusting and she's going to puke. <laughs> and I know that this is like because she wants blood, but I wish it was just like a gross sandwich. Like she's like, no, actually, I think you're just bad at making sandwiches. Yeah, I think this is just bad. She says, you know, I never thought I'd say this, but I cannot stop thinking about blood. Then have some. Then go get some blood. <laughs> Stefan says, I should have saved you first. You shouldn't be going through this. And she says, no, if you saved me first, Matt would be dead. What do you think I'd be going through then? Listen to me. You did the right thing. You respected my choice. But wham. <laughs> but wham, wham. My choice was to die, not die and be a vampire. And Stefan says, what am I supposed to do if Bonnie can't find a way to help you? Because then you'll have another choice to make. Let yourself die or become a vampire. And she says, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And then she says, oh, my God, did I just say cross that bridge? <laughs> it's like the like how I got driven off a bridge. She's like, not me saying cross that bridge. After I just got driven off a bridge for the second time in my life. <laughs> I'm funny. No, I'm funny. And she starts laughing. And Stefan says, I'm pretty sure you don't actually think that's funny. And she keeps laughing. She's like, I can't stop laughing. And Stefan says, yeah, your emotions are super heightened today. So that's probably what's happening. She keeps laughing and surprise, surprise, it turns into crying. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> he hugs her. She says, sorry. He says, hey, listen to me. No matter what happens, I'm here for you. I can help you. He says, why don't you go back upstairs where it's dark? I'll clean up. And she leaves. She does go upstairs. Upstairs, she walks into a room and Damon is sitting there. And she says, I thought you left. And he says, cute PJs. And she says, like, I'm not wearing my fucking PJs. She's like, these are my normal clothes, asshole. <laughs> this is a Henley in jeans. <laughs> but then she turns over because she sees past Elena saying, I'm tired, Damon. And this is a scene we'll recognize from season two. It's a flashback she's watching. It's a scene after the first day they met Elijah where he brings her necklace back to her because they thought it was gone. I think that's what episode that is. Whenever this was, it was sometime previously. We remember this scene. We all know where this conversation's going in this scene. It was the conversation where, and it, they basically play the exact same scene. They just like edit current day Elena in the background. Mm -hmm. So Elena is watching this scene where he's like, I don't deserve you. My brother does. I love you. I can't be selfish with you. So I'm going to make you forget this. We all remember the scene. Very cute. And Elena's watching this and she is shipping. She said, wow, is this what we look like talking to each other? No wonder people are up my ass about Damon all the time. Sparks are flying. She's like, damn, no wonder everyone knows I have feelings for him. It's pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> it's like, I thought I was hiding it a little bit. And she is shook watching this because, of course, she hasn't remembered this this whole time. Because she was compelled to forget. And now that compulsion, undone. Coming undone. One of Stephanie's great realizations is that compulsion was going to come undone. Something I didn't think about the first time I watched. Very excited I realized that. That was eating by me. I was excited you got there. 
then we go over to the Michelson house. Rebecca is looking at one of Klaus's drawings and she cries because she's, you know, sad that her brother's dead. She throws papers to the ground, throws a little tantrum. And Damon comes in behind her and she says, you know, you should know better than to sneak up on a lady. And he says, hey, good advice. You seen one? Classic. <laughs> she teed that right up for him. <laughs> she teed that right up. But I'm sure. She says, tragic about Elena. Hey, not to make the gray cloud grayer, but does Matt even have car insurance? <laughs> Girl, leave Matt alone. But the best part is, is that he probably doesn't. What a funny thing to say. And honestly, probably well received by Damon because he hates Matt at this moment. So yeah, but Damon has other things on his mind. In another life, he would love to make fun of Matt right now. But right now he's here to kill Rebecca. He has the fancy white oak steak in his hand. They fight a little bit and he's trying to stake her. But then Rebecca gets shot through the window. So Damon drops the steak and runs because he said, I'm not going to be here for this. Rebecca gets shot with a couple of things. She turns around and then a stake shoots her in the heart and she turns gray and veiny and collapses. Since she's an original, we know she's not dead for good, just temporarily. Mm -hmm. And we have to assume based on this and later that Pastor Young tells us that they're using Rebecca to lure her siblings back to town. We have to assume that they understand that Rebecca is an original and that killing her is different. Yeah, that's something that I think Alaric would have led with given the fancy stake. He probably covered that quick. He said, I know that I'm not going to get everything through these thick, thick skulls of yours, but I have one important thing you need to learn. <laughs> then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena is looking at a picture of her and her parents, just thinking about how she's definitely disappointing them every day. <laughs> yeah, if she was doubting it before, she's sure of it now. Yeah. And then she hears like a noise from downstairs. So she goes downstairs. And she says, hey, Stefan, everything OK? And Stefan is surrounded by like three council members who all have guns pointed at him. And he says, hey, Elena, don't move. The pastor's also there. Yeah, Elena's like, where would I go in this moment? What do you expect me to do? <laughs> then we go down to the caves where Ty Klaus is hanging out, waiting to be put in his old body. And he gets a call from mom, which of course is Tyler's mom, Carol. And he says, oh, you incessant woman. Because he's like, why is his mom calling him all the time? Because he's never had a mom who cared if he lived or died. So he's like, why does she care so much about what I'm up to? <laughs> yeah. He answers the phone and he says, hey, mom, what's up? She says, oh, my God, thank God you're OK. And he says, yeah, why? What's up? And she pours herself a drink while she tells him that she's going through a day. Yeah. She says, oh, my God, Pastor Young arrested me this morning. He grilled me about your whereabouts. Do not tell me where you are. The less I know, the better. And he says, hey, I'm OK. Relax. And she says, well, you didn't answer your phone, honey. I was so scared you were with Caroline. And he says, what did you say about Caroline? He says, what do you mean? And she says, well, the council took her. And Ty Klaus says, what? Uh, the fuck they did. <laughs> I'm going to take her right back. <laughs> That's mine. So then we go somewhere out on the road in the middle of nowhere. There's some cars, some sheriff cars with their sirens driving. And there's like an armored truck. And in the back of the armored truck, Caroline and Rebecca are all tied up. Rebecca comes to and Caroline's like, yeah, they're for vein ropes. Uh, they do hurt, but you get used to them after like the fourth time you've been tortured. Yeah, Caroline's like, is the ropes covered in vervain? Like, I've been here before. Oldest trick in the book. And she says, looks like a lyric out at all of us to the council. And Rebecca says, the council? <laughs> she said, what the fuck? She said, now what the fuck is the council? And what the fuck do they think they can do to me? She said, you mean the ones who throw those stupid little parties with the bad catering? And Caroline says, kind of, but it's actually like the B squad. But then... As they're catching up, the van crashes and it like flips a few times. Shattered glass. Very weird. 
And we look outside and one sheriff car is a little bit up ahead and he's making a U-turn. But while this happens, Ty Klaus tears the back of the van doors off and he unties Caroline and frees her. And she's like, oh my God, Tyler. And he says, I'm harder to kill than you think. Because of course she thought he was dead. <laughs> the sheriff goes, she's like, oh my God, you're alive. You have, How are you alive? And he says, we don't have time. We have to go. And he grabs Caroline and starts to leave. And Rebecca's like, <laughs> Rebecca's like, excuse me. But, you know, at first she's like, well, it's Tyler. Of course, he's not going to save me. And she says, what about me? And Ty Klaus like pops his head back in and he says, keep him busy, little sister. And she says, no, no, that's a, no, no. She's like, OK. She's like, well, I guess if Tyler's alive, it might make sense for Klaus to be alive. And she's like, she's like, wait, if that was Klaus, why am I still in this fucking van? He saved a girl who he barely knows and isn't dating. She tries to free herself, but she can't. So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Liz enters and she finds Damon and Meredith fell there. Damon says, they're gone. Whoever nailed Rebecca took them too. Please tell me you have something. And she says, well, the gag is I don't. He's like, uh, I absolutely have nothing. So let's start there. She says, the council locked me and Carol out of our offices. We don't have our files or computers or anything. And Damon says, so you guys never contemplated a backup plan? Like you guys didn't want to print out some of those documents for home? You guys don't have like a, you're not on the cloud? <laughs> Come on. Couldn't guess a single deputy's password? Yeah. I am sure one of them is password. One of them is one, two, three. Meredith says, hey, Damon, relax. When Caroline called to say that she got away, did she know where they were planning to take her? And Liz says, no, she just knows she was in the middle of nowhere in a van and managed to escape. And Damon says, great, we narrowed it down to nowhere. And then there's a knock at the door and it's Matt. And he says, hey, is Elena here? Uh, Damon doesn't take too kindly to that. So <laughs> he grabs him by the neck and pushes him against the wall and says, in what world are you the one who gets to live? And Meredith and Liz are like, Damon, like, stop. It's not Matt's fault. This is really not the biggest deal in the world. Let him go. Damon, again, it's over. We're all here. Like, we're done. We're moving on. There's no reason to be this mad at Matt. We all hate him. Matt's already been through enough hate in his life. Damon does choke Matt for a second longer for good measure, but does drop him. He just glares at Matt. He's not done with him yet. He'll be back. <laughs> and we go over to some cottage somewhere. We later know it's the pastor's cattle farm. With no cattle, which um, it's giving serial killer. He's a pastor with a cattle farm and no cattle. And clearly no respect for the Lord. Yeah. Whatever happened to love thy neighbor? Well, he doesn't have any neighbors. <laughs> The vampires are technically his neighbors and he should love them. He's like, he just means the neighbors right next to me and I don't have any right next to me. So I don't have to love anyone. He means my human neighbors. I'm picking and choosing what parts of the Bible to believe. That's what they taught me in seminary. <laughs> Getting the social commentary this episode. Elena is like chewing her nails because she's freaked out by all the sounds in this old ass kitchen. Yeah, it's rickety AF. There are like four clocks. Every floorboard is loose. Yeah. And he's also like making tea and talking. And like, it's like one of these things has to stop. I don't care which. And he says, hey, do you still want to be a writer? I remember you used to read your short stories to my daughter when you'd babysit. She still loves writing because of you, which is a very sweet story. But also to unpack it, <laughs> when Elena was babysitting, she was like, here's a story I wrote. <laughs> it's like making it about her again. Very funny to think about. Can you imagine babysitting like a four-year-old? 
and being like, here's a story I wrote. Like, you want to hear me read a story I wrote? And they were like, no, can you just read my book over there? And it's like, no. Can you turn on Moana? It's like, after we read my short story. <laughs> Elena says, why did you bring me here? And the pastor says, my deputies. Your deputies? <laughs> Don't you mean your disciples? Aren't you not a brother of Christ? <laughs> are, you, are we not all the children of the Lord? When God sings with his creations, will vampires not be part of the choir? I do think Elena should take the religious approach with this guy. And I know she's not operating on 100% brain power right now. Yeah, I know she's a little distracted, but let's just let's throw some shit out. Say like, you know, I just think it's all in God's plan. Like, this is just something we have to learn to live with. Well, and don't you think God would only give us challenges that we can handle? Why would he give a vampire a challenge to be a vampire without knowing that his child could handle it? Might as well. And he would say, well, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's like, that's an obnoxious one to use. He said, well, I like to pick and choose the parts of the Bible. He said, and while we're here, I just want to make it clear. I hate gay people. (laughs) (laughs) Just while we're talking. He said, I really believe in conversion therapy. You know, I had a great talk about what we could do with vampires with my friend Bill Forbes. And she's like, oh, he's gay. And he was like, what? But he wasn't wearing a skirt. (laughs) Yeah, so he... um. He's awful. Uh, He says, my deputies can watch out for us here. No vampires have been invited in. You might want to check your work on that one. And Elena's sitting there like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) You're right. None have. (laughs) Because since she's in transition, she doesn't have to be invited in yet. I figured that or he would have been like, no, Elena, come in. You know, either way. Like a dumb fuck. Yeah. Uh, And he also doesn't really seem to understand how inviting in works. (laughs) Because later he's like, you're not invited in. It's like, you don't have to clarify that. You don't have to say that I'm not. It's not invited in until you invite, <laughs> but whatever. He's doing the uh, the power of Christ compels you. Exactly. He says, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but years ago, your parents were the ones who were advocating for an emergency plan like this. We never thought we'd actually have to use it. Yeah, because no one has been letting you in on any of the actual vampire goths. Yeah, because no one told you that there have been vampires here the whole fucking time. Because you're the B squad. He notices that Elena is like not doing well and is freaked out. And he says, hey, are you okay? And she says, where's Stefan? And he says, where he can't hurt you. And she says, okay, he would never hurt me. You have no idea what you're talking about. So he says, well, I know that where you go, Salvatore vampires follow. BTW, are you hungry? And she says, no. But she is. She's hungry for blood. And he says, so what we're going to do is we're going to hold Stefan until Damon comes searching for you two. Got to give it to the pastor. That's a good plan. That's got a lyric written all over it. And he says, then we're going to use Rebecca to lure her siblings back into town. You'll give us the white oak steak and we'll exterminate the entire vampire race for good. Now, the white oak steak is at the Michelson house. Yeah, you guys walked right past it. You left it there. You guys didn't think there was something odd about a wooden steak coated in metal. You thought that can't be the special steak. I don't know why they thought Elena had it. And it's probably because they're operating on exactly what Alaric told them. But even then, Elena didn't have it yesterday. So I don't, whatever. Things change over time. You can't just take Alaric's info from the one time he knew it. Especially since we don't know if they're in communication with him today, but likely they're not because he seems dead. (laughs) That's the first time you've not just said he's dead. So I'm going to take that as a clue. Like, aren't any of them concerned that Alaric is all of a sudden not a part of this plan anymore? Maybe he just thinks we are such fast learners. He let us do it by ourselves. I think they're just so excited to be a part of it. Yeah, they're just happy to be involved. It's like, finally, someone lets us shoot something. The pastor offers her the most disgusting meat I've ever seen. 
She's clearly freaked out, but she reiterates that she's okay. Now, this is where it's time for the tried and true excuse. I'm having a panic attack. That's what I would be using all day. I'll tell you what it's time for. Bite his goddamn neck. Yeah, kill this dude. He's sitting there. He feels completely safe with you. He asked if you were hungry. (laughs) Yeah, he offered it. She listens to his heartbeat. The kettle starts going off. The last thing she needs. She's like, oh my God, turn that shit off. But rather than bite him, she says, I have to get out of here, which we know Elena is like the kind of person that doesn't want to kill people. So that makes sense. So she starts running out the door. Unfortunately, this is more suspicious than her just killing him. If she just killed him, at least it would be contained. But, you know, she's overwhelmed today. Exactly. So she runs out the door and the pastor pretty quickly realizes that there's more to her than meets the eye. He makes the assumption she's a vampire. Actually, pretty good assumption by the pastor. He says, get her. The sun slows her down because she's sensitive to the light, but it's not burning her yet. Mm -hmm. And some guard knocks her out. Then we go into the woods where Caroline is so, so excited to be reunited with her boyfriend, Tyler, who she loves dearly. Uh, But little does she know it's Ty Klaus. They make out. And she says, oh, my God, I never thought I'd see you again. How are you alive? And he says, this is going to sound incredible. But she interrupts him by kissing again. And she should. This should set off alarm bells. When has Tyler ever used the word incredible? To be fair to Klaus, he's trying to tell her. (laughs) Yes. Like, I mean, he's not like pushing her off, but he is taking attempts at it. Yeah, he is. She takes off his jacket and shirt. She does that. He's helping it along, but he's he's letting her drive the train. He's happy to be here, but he is trying to slow it down for the most part. He's encouraging it a little bit. Yeah. But he also doesn't want to hook up with her in Tyler's body. Yeah. He wants his own body back because he's a body positive king. And he says, hey, easy love, wrong time, wrong place, wrong equipment. And she says, nope, nope. You are miraculously alive. We are fugitives on the run. We are going to have hot hybrid vampire sex and we are going to enjoy it. Tyclos is like, oh, okay. And she keeps kissing him. And then she takes her shirt off and he's like, oh my God, it's happening. And he says, awooga. I know. And so he's like kind of not stopping it anymore because he's kind of too into it. And then she says, wait a second. Did you just call me love? That's the dead giveaway. And he, you know, he wants it to be given away because he wants her to know that it's him. Yeah. Because he wants to see her realization when she finds out that he's alive. He's like, aren't you going to be excited? I'm alive. You were so excited when you found out Tyler was alive. Imagine how you'll feel when you find out I'm alive. (laughs) And he says, I don't know, love, did I? And she says, what did you do to Tyler? And he says, you know, that's what I enjoy about you. You are so much more than a pretty face. (laughs) And she says, okay, so you're Klaus. You're disgusting and I hate you. And he says, you are a glorious kisser. (laughs) He said, I'm having so much fun with you. He says, I love our first date. Uh, She punches him and he says, hey, I didn't have to risk exposure to come save you. And she says, oh, you did one semi-decent thing and now you're my hero. And she's like, oh my God, I need to sanitize my mouth. And he says, your mouth was all over me. I was an innocent victim. I did what I could, queen. (laughs) He's he's like, I slowed the train down. It was limited pushing, but I, I tried. She says, put Tyler back. And he says, gladly. Maybe then I'll take you up on your offer for hot hybrid sex. And she says, please shut up. She's like, this is so embarrassing now. He says, I hate being here now. Then we go over to the old witch house. We haven't been here in a while. Bonnie is doing a spell, a lot of candles, while Jeremy watches. And she says, well, the spirits aren't listening to me. They are none too pleased with me after I've been pretty disrespectful of their wishes. 
Yeah, I've just been, you know, throwing everything in their face. And Jeremy says, well, is that all we can do? Fight another witch then. Yeah. You are so ungrateful. She's doing what she can. This was kind of a stupid errand anyway. This is kind of a distraction from like things that honestly are more worth her time. Make a daylight ring and move on with your day, queen. But she says, well, there is something else I could try. And Jeremy says, oh, do it. Well, first of all, let her explain what it is first. She says, if the witches won't help me save Elena, I could go to the other side and bring her back myself. And he says, but the other side's for dead people. Yeah, Jeremy, (laughs) that's the point. And she says, well, you know, Elena's still in transition. She's not fully dead. She's not fully alive. What if her spirit exists on both sides? Sure. Jeremy says, well, even if it does, how can you get there? You're not dead. She doesn't respond. He says, no. (laughs) She's like, I could be. She says, I was able to stop your heart to stop Klaus's. I'll just do the same thing to myself. Witches has free reign on the other side. I'll find Elena. I'll bring her back. And Jeremy says, yeah, assuming you wake up. And she says, I'm stronger now. I found a new source of power. And that raises alarm bells to Jeremy as it should. He says, new source of power? What kind of power would let you kill yourself and bring someone back from the dead? Great question. I got the recipe and it's called that magic. But Bonnie doesn't answer that question. Instead, she says, do you want Elena back or not? And he does, even though she's alive and everything's fine. So I don't know why we're being such drama queens. So I don't really know why we need to kill Bonnie to bring back Elena to life when she is literally alive. And also, I don't know, maybe someone go save her from the cattle ranch. So then we go back up to the Gilbert house. And Liz says, well, with your vervain and Alaric's weapons, they could be anywhere. And Damon says, okay, well, can we think for like one minute? It takes a lot to hold a vampire, reinforce steel, iron doors. And Matt, after thinking for 10 seconds, says, oh, the pastor has a cattle ranch. The pens could easily be modified. And Meredith says, wow, it is remote and secluded there, too. Seems like an easy guess for the sheriff to have made. Well, it also seems like an easy guess for Meredith to have made. Like, they both know that the pastor is involved. He's made it very clear he's involved. You must know he has a cattle ranch. Think. And so Damon says to Matt, awesome. You have a chance to prove how sorry you really are. Let's go. And they leave. And Matt doesn't stop to think, how am I going to do that? (laughs) Exactly. Matt doesn't ask any questions because he does feel guilty. Then we go over to what we now know is the cattle ranch. Elena wakes up in a cell and she hears Stefan and Rebecca coughing. She sees Vervain put up next to fans. So they're like blowing the scent of Vervain on them. And Rebecca is sitting across from Stefan and Elena. And she sees Elena and she says, hey, I thought I killed you. Yeah. Elena says, where am I? And Rebecca says, oh, they thought you were a vampire. So they stuck you in here with us. And Elena says, where's Stefan? And he's in the cell next to her. He says, oh, I'm right here. Are you okay? And she says, here's the thing I need to feed. Yeah, she's like, okay, the decision part of it is now less of a concern because I am just hungry. I need some fucking blood. And Rebecca says, oh, I see what's happening here. You died with vampire blood in your system and you didn't feed. And now you're locked up here with no blood in sight. That is a problem. Rebecca's like, this day is not lost yet. And Stefan says, ignore her. And she says, no, actually, don't ignore me. Has anyone done the math? Or shall I? I'd say you've got about three hours to feed before I get to watch you die all over again. She says, this day rocks. (laughs) My brother did abandon me in a truck, but now I might get to watch Elena die again. Slay. So Elena like rattles the cell a little bit, but you know, she doesn't have a lot of strength already. It's already not looking good. We go back over to the witch house. Bonnie's holding Jeremy's hand and she's doing her spell. She's talking a lot and then she gets a nosebleed. Jeremy's like, okay, actually, even though I told you to do this, 
you should open your eyes and I, I don't want you to do this anymore because I think you might be dying. Even though she told him that's the plan to die. Yeah, that's the point of the spell. But he's like, I regret this. Uh, please stop. And then we see like black go through her veins, which we've seen happen before. And she faints or dies probably. And he says, Bonnie, no. And then Bonnie appears in the cell at the cattle ranch with Elena. And she says, Elena, come back. And she grabs Elena's hands and Elena can't see Bonnie, but she does get up and start walking. And she says, oh my God, Stefan, something is happening. And Bonnie says, you're going home. And for a second, Elena looks like really like at peace, like in no pain. It looks like it's actually going to work for a very brief second. Yeah. And then Grams appears and says, no. Graham says, stop this. And Bonnie drops Elena and Elena drops back to the ground. She says, hey, Stefan, never mind. <laughs> nope, false alarm. Bonnie says, uh, Grams, what are you doing? And Grams says, um, well, I'm on the other side. You're not supposed to be here. You should stay away from this sort of darkness. And Bonnie says, Elena needs me. And Grams like, she's not your problem to solve. You have to go before they try to keep you here. Because this magic is dark. It's not nature's plan. Touch it again and the spirits will unleash their anger in ways that will make you suffer. Go. What do you think Grams means by this? Well, I think it's clear that they'll keep you here. It's like, they'll just kill you and bring you to the other side. But I think it's also a potential of like taking away your powers. You know, we saw that happen with Abby after she used what we can assume is dark magic to lock up Michael. Mm -hmm. And I think it's similar consequences of like lack of power, lack of support from nature. And then the only support you can get is from other dark magic. And then darkness takes over much like it did with the work is my thought. Good point. Then we go back over to the witch house. Jeremy is still like, Bonnie, wake up, wake up. And she does wake up. And he's really happy that she's alive, but she's upset because she's like, yeah, so that did not work. Jeremy's like, I'm starting to think we kind of need to get over ourselves and just let Elena be a vampire. Jeremy's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Where is Elena? Uh, Because I think we should bring her some blood. Out of curiosity, when you were there, where was she? (laughs) And did she look like she had fed? Yeah. Was she looking good? Then we go back over to the cell. Elena calls out to Stefan and she says, hey, here's the tea. I am running out of time. I need blood. I think I'm dying for real this time. And suddenly I don't want it anymore. And Stefan says, hey, someone, anyone. And Rebecca says, please shut up. And Stefan says, you guys think we're afraid of you? And then our one smart guard comes in and he says, keep it down unless you like want more revenge. Stefan says, Elena's going to die if you don't let her out. The guard says, yeah, that's not my problem. The guard's like, which one's Elena? Stefan says she's innocent. Let her out. The guard starts to leave. And then Stefan screams again. The guard shoots him. Stefan yells again. The guard shoots him again. This is a smart guard. Yeah. Just keep shooting them. Keep shooting them and don't let one of them out. Yeah. You know, usually we've seen guards be stupid and be like, oh, I'll let her out. No, this guy kept her right in the cell. And Rebecca watches this happen. And I think we're supposed to believe that she's touched by it. We'll get in, more into that in a minute. <laughs> so then we go to the cave where Caroline and Ty Klaus have met up with Jeremy and Bonnie. And Jeremy's like, she's not strong enough to do this spell today, King. And Ty Klaus says, well, you were strong enough to put me in here. Surely you can get me out. And Bonnie says, well, I've had a busy day. I upset the spirits trying to save Elena. So I can't use that kind of magic again. It's dangerous. And Ty Klaus says, do the spell yeah he's like i don't really give a fuck what trouble you're in you got me into this mess you're gonna get me out yeah he's like 
I don't know why you thought it was a good idea to try to save someone who's alive. Yeah, he's like, I don't know why you wouldn't just feed the bitch some blood. That seems like a you problem. And Caroline says, hey, Bonnie can't do it, okay? Let's just wait a few days until she's strong enough to do it with traditional magic, right? Bonnie's like, yeah, good deal. So Tyklaus decides to force the issue. He rips his shirt, and at first it's like, what's the point of this? Uh, He grows his claws from his fingers, and he grabs like into his chest, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to rip Tyler's heart out, and I'm going to jump into someone else. Maybe Jeremy, because of course Jeremy's right there. And Bonnie and Caroline are like, oh, please stop. And Jeremy says, no, no, he's bluffing. He would need a witch for that. This is a good thing for Jeremy to say. But Tyclaus says, what makes you think I don't have one or 10? And maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Who cares? And realistically, he is probably bluffing. And Jeremy's the only one who's able to be like, no, this dude's bluffing. But also, you know, they want to save Tyler. So they're not really in a position to negotiate. It can't be painless to reach into your own chest to rip your heart out. So- Even if he is bluffing, he's really doing a great job. That is true. And so Ty Klaus says, pick Bonnie, you or Tyler. He reaches deeper into his chest and Caroline says, stop, you're killing him. And Bonnie says, fine, I'll do it. Just stop. Ty Klaus says, awesome. Let's do it. So then we go back to the cattle ranch cells. Stefan goes to the wall he shares with Elena. He picks the bullets out and he says, hey, Elena, you still with me? And she says, yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. She looks bad. Yeah, she looks like she is really on death's door. And Stefan says, you are not okay. I can hear you breathing. And she is like, (sighs) she doesn't sound good. Rebecca continues to watch this. And again, we're supposed to believe she's touched. Stefan says, you know, Damon was right. You should have fed this morning, which no duh. Yeah, like, obviously. But again, this is the situation we're in now. So, yeah. And I think had she fed this morning, there would be other things they would have to worry about. Her getting kidnapped when it's daylight out and maybe burning. Her getting kidnapped, the pastor immediately knowing she's a vampire. There are other can of worms that would have opened, but generally, yes, she should have fed this morning. (laughs) But we are here now. And Elena says, don't be sorry. You had hope. That's all I ever wanted you to have. And you had it. And Stefan says, I love you so much. She says, do you know why I was even on that bridge? I was coming back for you. I had to choose and I picked you because I love you. And he cries. And she says, no matter what happens, it's the best choice I ever made. And then she says, you know, it sucks I can't see you right now. This is a very romantic Selena scene. Yeah. Hope the Selena stands are enjoying it. Because <laughs> I, I think your days are numbered. He says... I'm smiling. And she says, me too. They're both crying. Neither of you is smiling. Again, we see Rebecca watching this and she's supposed to look touched, even though I think Rebecca as a character would be like, oh, shut the fuck up. We get it. You're in love. I think it's less that she's touched and more that she's like, man, why doesn't anyone love me that much? Yeah. Like, I think it's somewhat touched, but more jealous. Yes. Why do people love Elena that much? Yeah. So she's like, man. Fuck this dude. But I will say one thing about Rebecca is that she wants so desperately to be loved. And she knows that if she saves Stefan and Elena, that that's going to buy her some good graces with Matt, who is her current obsession. I think she's a hater, but deep down she is a hopeless romantic. And so even though she's watching this and I don't think she's particularly like shipping But I do think she's like, man, it's nice to know that kind of love is out there. I want it for me. And for it to come to me, I guess I need to, you know, 
manifest it by letting that energy in and supporting it. You're right that I don't think she's shipping Stelena or Delena, but she's like watching this scene and she's like, I understand why people ship this. Yeah. Me personally, I don't, but I get it. She's like, the only way I would be shipping it is if it was me involved. And she's like, I don't care who the guy is, but if it's me being loved that much, then I would be shipping it. I get it because I like the romance. But to her core, she's too much of a hater to ship. Yeah, she's too much of a hater. She won't be shipping any couple she's not involved in. Yeah. It's not her narrative. <laughs> like, that won't be me. So then we go outside the cottage. Damon pulls up with Matt. And Matt says, oh, what's the plan? We're just going to storm the place with zero weapons? Now, you drove all the way over here, and this is the first time you're asking that question? Dumb fuck. Matt, when you left and you saw there were no weapons going into the car, start that little brain. Yeah, and why do you think you're in the car? And Damon says, we don't need weapons, just bait. And Matt says, what? And then Damon bites Matt, and he starts bleeding. Matt's in some pain. Damon says, hey, anybody home? There's a vampire out here. And Pastor Young comes to the door, and he says, let him go. The boy's innocent. And Damon says, yeah, that's kind of the point. Give me Stefan and Elena, and he's all yours. And then he picks Matt up and says, come on. You know I'll kill him. I want to kill him. And one thing we have to think about, Pastor Young, though he is obviously in the B squad of the council, is in the council. So you have to imagine he knows Damon. They've been at meetings together. Which is probably why he's so fucking scared of Damon right now. And he's watching this. He's like, I should have guessed this guy was a vampire. He wears a lot of leather jackets. Yeah. And the pastor from the porch says, go away. You're not invited in and I'm not coming out. Which, first of all, he has one foot out of the door frame. You are coming out. You just, you're already out there. Does he not know where the boundary is? It's the doorway, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so he seems a little confused, but Damon's not here to kill him. And it also doesn't really matter because Damon pretty quickly gets shot. So then we go back to the cave where Bonnie's doing her spell. She's holding Tyler's head. She does this spell. Caroline and Jeremy watch. And Jeremy says, um, this is black magic. She shouldn't be doing this. Well, Jeremy, this is where we are. You're the one who begged her to do this for your sister. Yeah, she could have just done this easily if you hadn't tried to bring your sister back from the other side in a stupid little plan that ended up with the same results that you're already at, essentially. Bonnie continues the spell. Ty Klaus opens his eyes and it becomes pretty clear that it's actually Tyler. Great performance by Michael Trevino. Acting his little booty off. He is. And he says, Caroline, and then he faints. And Caroline runs up to him and Jeremy says, hey, Bonnie, what are you doing? The spell worked. You can stop. But Bonnie is actually now talking to Grams. We can assume she's on the other side. Grams is back. She says, I warned you, child. I warned you to stay away. And they're holding hands and Bonnie says, hey, let me go. Grams says, I can't. Grams holds Bonnie's hands as Bonnie's veins start to run black as they did. And then Grams says, you made your choice. Now they're taking it out on me. And the veins go into Grams's hands and all of her veins start to turn black. They move up through her face and she like screams in insane pain while Bonnie watches. She begs them to stop. And then that clicks Bonnie into real life present day. And she collapses crying. And she's like, what did I do? What have I done? Jeremy and Caroline comfort her, but she is freaked. So this is really our first introduction to like dark magic. We don't know what kind of implications this will have for Bonnie or for our heroes going forward. We talked a little about it already, so I don't think we have anything else to add on it. But this is our first introduction to something that we may see more of. Well, I'll just say, you know, it's hard to know exactly what this means because like Grams is already dead, but it seems like this 
really severs Bonnie's connection to Graham's on the other side, which may also weaken her powers in that way because she doesn't have that same bloodline to pull from because she already doesn't have Abby. And I think there is a concern here, just the screaming and the fear of this type of death, even though she's already dead, that, you know, we have the other side, we have peace. There may be a a negative side of that coin as well. A different place to go. The hell of this world. Because what else is Graham's afraid of if she's already dead? Just throwing that out. Then we go back to the cells. The guards are bringing in more vervain because they just caught another vampire. It's Damon. Rebecca and Stefan look at each other and nod. So clearly they've made some kind of plan. One guard says, okay, bring the other one in. And Rebecca calls out to the remaining one, who's the smart guy from earlier. But he is still a man at his core. And she says, excuse me, sir. And he gets his gun ready. And he says, I thought I told you to shut up. (laughs) And she says, here's the thing. My family has money. Castles, apartments, jewelry. It's very funny to put apartments in the middle of castles and jewelry. (laughs) And she says, just name your price and let me out. And the guard walks closer and says, I'd much rather watch you die. And this is smart to stick to his guns. But the problem is he's trying to assert his power too much because she's a woman. Misogyny. Mm -hmm. So she jumps up and shows her fangs and her veins and he gets scared and he jumps back and he jumps far enough back to run into Stefan's cell where Stefan's able to grab him and hit his head repeatedly and toss him to the floor toward Elena's cell where a puddle of blood inches its way toward Elena. You know, that's what you get for trying to taunt a vampire. Great plan by Rebecca and Stefan executed flawlessly. Except, I mean, he could have tossed the guard a little closer to Elena's cell, but it works out, so it's fine. Stefan says, hey, Elena. She sees the puddle. She reaches out to it. It takes her a while to reach because she's a little fur and she's very weak. But eventually she does get a little on her fingers, puts it in her mouth, and that officially creates the transition it looks for a second like she like kind of falls into it. So for a second, I think we're supposed to believe like, oh my God, did it work? But we get it confirmed in a second. And then we go outside. Damon is passed out where he was shot. Well, and I'm obsessed with this because yeah, Damon's passed out where he's shot, but Matt's also passed out. You guys didn't want to bring that guy inside? Yeah, to be safe from the vampire. They're like, well, he's not a founding family member. Who's that? Matt Donovan? Oh, I don't care. So they give Damon on the floor like one nudge and he doesn't move. And they say, awesome. He's dead. So they let their guard down. Damon immediately jumps up and kills them both. One of them he kills by impaling them with their gun, which is fucking iconic. Great kill by Damon. He really showed them how it's done. It actually, it makes it more embarrassing for Stefan. Yeah. Because it's like, you couldn't do that. They are stupid enough to be like, well, he's been down for 10 seconds, so must be dead. We can just phone it in. Just shoot him a couple more times. You have guns. Get a fucking stake. Why would you not stake all of them? Why keep them alive at all? Yes, especially because the plan for Stefan and Elena was to lure Damon there. So I get that you want to keep Stefan and Elena alive to lure Damon. Damon's here. Kill him. You should be staking every vampire. Yeah, just stake whoever you can when they're down. The founding families, again, and the council in general, are not known for their efficiency. Yeah. (laughs) So then Damon gets up and he like kicks Matt. It's like, okay. Like that's a little unnecessary. And Damon particularly, like, I know that it's deeper for Damon. He he has a sadness for Elena becoming a vampire that he explains later. But it's like, dude, you wanted Elena to be alive. She's alive. Like, you you need to get over it. Well, there's just, there's no point in being mad at Matt about it. Because if Matt had been given the choice, he would have been like, save Elena first. Yeah. Like, he never would have asked for this. He doesn't want to be alive right now. He's not happy. 
He feels bad that he drove it off the bridge. He was passed out under there when Elena fought to save him. Like, he's not in a happy place either. And I get Damon's pissed. and He's not going to take it out on Elena. But, like, calm down, buddy. Exactly. Matt says, go ahead and kill me. You can't possibly hate me more than I hate myself. Want to bet? Yeah. Damon says, yes, I can. It should have been you. And Matt says, I literally couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah, Matt's like, it definitely should have been me. I'm with you there, buddy. And Damon definitely looks like he's about to kill Matt, which I don't know what solution this would create. It would make him feel better for about two minutes. That's what it would create. Yeah, Damon's (laughs) not known for thinking about long-term solutions. (laughs) But then, bam, Elena runs up. She's got veins, fangs, red eyes, and she says, leave him alone. So then we go back over to the cells. Matt, like, limps into the cells, and Stefan feeds him a little bit of blood. And Matt says, hey, stop saving me. And Stefan says, what's your problem? Matt says, what do you want me to say? Thank you? Yeah, because I I did save you again, but I don't need it, I guess, if it's going to piss you off. Matt says, honestly, I wish you'd let me drown. And Stefan says, you think you were my first choice? (laughs) Stefan's like, do you think I wanted to save you over, Elena? No. Which Stefan could be a little bit nicer to Matt right now. I think Matt kind of needs to get shit on. He's like begging for it at this point. I think Matt is the kind of person like Elena, but no one's going to do this to Elena, where it's like, Matt, get over it. This is what happened. Yeah. Like, suck it up. We all wish you were dead. (laughs) Matt says, Elena's a vampire because of me. I have to live with that for the rest of my life. And Stefan says, no, you don't have to live with that. You get to live with that. And honestly, maybe you should tell yourself that, Stefan. Maybe learn that lesson. He says, you know what? Elena put your life before her own. So every morning you get out of bed, you sure as hell better earn it. And Matt says, Stefan, I barely earn $7 an hour. (laughs) It should be 15. <laughs> Keep for the social commentary. Yeah, Stefan says $7 an hour. Shouldn't it be 15? Stefan's like, that's still the minimum wage. <laughs> that was the minimum wage in 1912. Anyway, then we go outside where Elena and Damon are catching up. And Elena says, you were going to kill him. And Damon says, yep, the guy just won't die. And Elena says, it was my choice to save him. Why aren't you seeing that? And first of all, he is seeing it. But he says, it's a little hard to keep track of all your choices lately, Elena. And she says, okay, uh, I do have something I want to talk about. I remember everything. One of the highlights of my transition, actually, is remembering everything you compelled me to forget. And he's like, like what? And she says, you know, like how you and I met first. Remember on the phone how I said, if only I'd met you first, maybe I would have chosen you. Well, actually, I just found out we did meet first. So I do feel bad for making that comment. Yeah, so that was a poorly timed comment by me. I didn't know. And she says, you know, you were a perfect stranger and you wanted me to get everything I wanted from life. Why didn't you tell me about that? That's pretty clear. It's really not that big a deal. He says, would it have made a difference? She doesn't answer. And he says, yeah, I didn't think so. Well, like, especially if they had known each other for like six months, a year. And he was like, well, I actually compelled you to forget this. But this and this, she would have been like, I don't care. I'm with Stefan. Like, literally, it wouldn't have mattered. She'd be like, oh, oh, we met first. Who cares? I don't remember that. Yeah. (laughs) She says, look, Damon, you asked me to make a choice. So I did. If you're going to be mad, take it out on me, not Stefan or Matt or anyone else. And I think this is an interesting wrinkle because obviously both Stefan and Damon wanted her to make a choice, but obviously she really felt the pressure from Damon more, which I think speaks to maybe a bias to Damon that she doesn't quite see yet. But yeah, I think Stefan was fine waiting around for her to come around to him. But Damon was like, if you don't make this choice for me, like, I'll just give up. Like, clearly, if you don't care about me, you don't care about me. And she's like, well, it's not that easy for me to make that call. And he's like, I, it is. It actually is. 
Well, and it's this eternal question of choice of like this, in addition to him being mad that like Stefan cared so much about her choice that he was willing to let her die. And that like Damon has to know that like, if he was there, he would have made the other call and maybe like things wouldn't be this way and make her sad, which like she's going to be a vampire anyway. So who cares? But (laughs) Damon says, are we done here? Because he doesn't really want to get into all that. And she says, if it had been you at the bridge last night and not Stefan, and I begged you to save Matt. She doesn't even get to finish asking this question because the answer is so obvious. Damon says, I would have saved you in a heartbeat, no question. Mm-hmm. And she says, that's what I thought. And Matt would be dead because you couldn't let go. And then this shines some light on Damon's decision because Damon's decision at this point is like, he just didn't want Elena to die. And it's like, she's not dead. She's a vampire. So like, why are you being such a bitch ass? Mm-hmm. But this sheds some light on it in a much more unselfish way, which is kind of the first time we've seen Damon have this kind of reaction. He says, but you wouldn't be dead. You would have gotten to grow up and get the life you wanted, the life you deserve. And I know I didn't used to get that, but I do now. And I wanted that for you. And I would have gladly given it to you and let Matt die. Because what he's talking about, what Elena wants is a human life. Mm-hmm. He knows she wants a human life. She wants to grow up. She wants to grow old. She wants to be a mother. And he knows that by her becoming a vampire, her dying, it takes all of that away. It takes more than just the things that everyone is talking about this episode. Yeah. Well, and it would have been different if they knew that she had vampire blood in her system. Mm -hmm. Then that would have affected the choice. But Damon would have been like, no, I want to make sure she gets to live the life she wants. Not that I have to like fight to keep her alive. Maybe. Yeah. Like the human life is what is really important to her but she hasn't really had the time to really reckon with that she reckoned with that some at the end of season two that she was like becoming a vampire isn't like just death it's giving up a human life yeah and she hasn't had the time to really reckon with that this episode because she's been so busy craving the sweet taste of blood and we see this too with even caroline who handles her transition gracefully like there's more to processing this immortality than like you assume on the surface And I think Elena is particularly worried about that, you know, change in life. And we saw Caroline go through this on her birthday where she was like, it doesn't matter how old I am. I'm 17 forever. It is like the reckoning with immortality is more than just being alive or being dead. And everyone I think was under the impression that Damon just wanted Elena to be alive, but he's kind of showing her that him wanting to save her wasn't a selfish decision from him. It was a decision where he was putting her first but she saw it as selfish. Well, and making a choice that he knew that she would be scared to make on her own because she would want to save Matt. But Damon's like, no, that gives up her whole life that she's always wanted. And I'm not going to let her give up that life. She would make a selfless choice if given the choice, obviously. And he wanted to make a choice that was selfish for Elena, even if it looks like he's being selfish for himself. Because he doesn't care if he looks selfish, if he is caring for people the way he thinks he should. And Elena's whole issue with Damon, which is making her hesitate in choosing him, is that she thinks he's selfish, which she's not outright said, but she's basically implied. Damon knows that he's not selfish. And what better indicator than the scene she just remembered where he was like, I love you, which is why I can't be selfish and you can't know this. So he says, I would have gladly given you the life you wanted because I am that selfish. But you knew that already. Which is like, you know, I'm not making this out of a selfish decision. And you know that better than anyone. So you can shut your fucking mouth, Elena. And she does know that. She's like, she's like, oh, he's making points. He says the first night we met's not all you remember. And he walks away and she's like, damn, he did get me there. (laughs) He did get me there. He's like, he's right. (laughs) 
So then we go over to the Michelson house. Klaus is back in his body, but he is clean shaven in a way I do not like. Go the beard back. If we're being picky. <laughs> it all burned off. Literally, it all burned off. <laughs> Klaus is packing up his three bags of doppelganger blood in a cooler. And Rebecca comes in and she says, okay, how dare you choose to save Caroline over me? Yeah, fair reaction. I would be pissed. And Klaus says, hello, brother. I thought you were dead. So pleased you're not. She says, you left me. And he says, well, I only had time to save one of you and you can't be killed. Rest assured, I had a worse day than you. Did you? I don't think so. You got what you wanted today, buddy. You got to make out with Caroline for a little bit. You got put back in your old body. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, Caroline's mad at you right now, but what else is new? Yeah, but she'll get past it. And Klaus says, I think it's time for us to move on. Find some more werewolves. And Rebecca says, this again? So you can create your hybrid family? You don't know anything about family. And he says, mm, I know how easily they can be silenced with a dagger. So it's right back to daggering your sister if we learn nothing. All that did was prove her point. <laughs> He's so fake for that. And Rebecca says, nope. And she picks up one of the blood bags and tosses it against the wall and explodes it. And then she has the other two in her hands. And he says, hey, drop those. He says, hey, no. And she says, my heart broke thinking I'd never see you again. And he says, put the blood down, Rebecca. (laughs) Please be a good girl. And she says, it has always been me. Not Finn, not Elijah, not Cole, me. I loved you through everything and you don't even care. She is right. She's been nothing but good to him as a sister. She's been the most loyal to him. And yeah, it's because she's insane. That doesn't change the facts. He says, drop it. And she says, you want your family? Here's your family. And she squeezes the blood bags and they explode. And the blood spills everywhere. So now he has no doppelganger blood. And frankly, good. We didn't need the hybrid situation. It was it was never working for him. He wasn't having a good time with the hybrids either. Yeah. They did not like him. I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. He's just like, no, I just got to find a different hybrid and they'll like me. And it's like, Klaus, I think it's time to start looking at the man in the mirror. I think it's time to start making amends with your family. Klaus grabs Rebecca and says, you know something? You're right. I don't care. From this moment on, you're not my family. You're not my sister. You're nothing. He snaps your neck and leaves. So things are going well (laughs) with those siblings. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan and Elena are sitting on the roof. And Elena says, the whole council knows who we are now. Everything's about to change. Stefan says, I'm sure Damon has some revenge plan cooked up. We're going to figure out a way to deal with it. And Elena says, you know, you don't have to convince me that everything's going to be okay. And Stefan says, yeah, I know. I do wish I could, though. I wish I could tell you that you're never going to feel pain, that you'll never crave blood, but you will. And it will be the worst thing you've ever lived through. And Elena's like, that does not sound good because I've lived through some real ass weeks. Yeah. Elena (laughs) says, this is going to be the worst. It's been pretty bad already. She was like, I was hoping all of my parents and parental figures dying was the worst it got. But I guess not. I was hoping that happening six times was enough. But Elena's finally come around on being a vampire. She says, but I'll get to live. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, it took you all day to get there. God, we could have gotten to this earlier and saved ourselves a lot of drama. Could have gotten to that the second you gasped awake after you drowned in a lake. But here we are. She says, I'll get to be a sister, be a friend, and I'll get to be with you forever if I want. Big if there. (laughs) Emphasis on if I want. I have to ask Stephanie. You feel as though a switch from Stelena to Delena is imminent. How soon do you think she hops over to Damon? I think her and Stefan are breaking up 
episode four or five of this season. And when do you think she and Damon are getting together immediately on the heels of that? Mm, not immediately. I'm going to say episode 13, 13 to 15, but I'm going to say 13. And you think they're immediately going to like date and be in love? Or you think there's going to be yet another obstacle? Oh, I think it's going to be a little bit more of like, like, I don't think they're going to be like dating, dating officially for a little bit because that is a big jump. When do you think they will be dating, dating? Season five. When in season five? At the start. I think essentially, like, I think they'll be quote unquote dating, but they won't be calling it that for a little bit. But I think they'll be together officially by the end of the season. Sure. That might be a little soon, but I I think that's accurate. They'll still be doubting it. She doesn't want to immediately hop to Damon. I think there's a possibility Catherine will come back at some point. You do? That might just be wishful thinking, but I think that could honestly be helpful to Elena. I mean, Catherine's gone through this exact situation. I think Elena can find comfort in unexpected places through this. I think that's a good point. Stefan and Elena kiss. She says, we're going to get through this just like we get through everything one day at a time. And that's a good attitude to have. Yeah, that's kind of what they have to do because every day brings something new to them. And Elena says, we should get inside before sunrise. And Stefan says, well, actually, Bonnie made you this yesterday just in case. And it's a daylight ring. He holds out a ring and she says, a daylight ring? And he says, no, it's just a fucking ring. Of course it's a daylight ring. No, she made this in her jewelry workshop class. It's a daylight ring. (laughs) He puts it on her and says, one day at a time, right? And they kiss again. It's very romance looking out into the sunset, but it's also a little bit like the end of The Graduate. Like, we don't really know what our relationship looks like now. Yeah, like, I think they're both just like, yay, we're together. And then it's like, oh, we do still have shit to talk about, though. Yeah, because he did leave town. And this is the first time they're like officially together since he's been back to town after his little spree. Spree with Klaus. Great word for it. (laughs) There's a lot more awareness of feelings for Damon now from both of them. The fact that it was even a decision between him and Damon puts it in different territory. Plus, I'm sure they're happy to be back together and be like, yay, back together. Return to when everything was good. Times have still changed. Yeah, Miss Mom is a vampire now. We are not in season one. And it's not that I don't trust Stefan to help through a transition. I know he can be helpful in ways. Because he did help Caroline to success. But what a depressing mentor. Is all I'm saying. Stefan's in a pretty good place with blood right now. He is in a pretty good place with blood right now. But even today, he was like, you know, you're always going to want blood and it's going to be horrible. And it's like, like, I get you have to be truthful, but let's just give a little bit more comfort. It's the first day. But we'll talk about that in a second. First, let's get to the end of the episode. We go over back to the cottage at the cattle ranch and the pastor unplugs his gas stove. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, it's like clearly a gas leak situation, which if I'm in this room, I'm like, why did you just do that? Like, I'm sorry, what are you unplugging over there? Yeah, they're all passing out like Vervain. They're all like holding Vervain like bouquets. Why don't you all make a fucking necklace? The vampires figured this out better than you did. (laughs) He says, I'm sure by now you all know the vampires escaped and it's not going to be long before they retaliate against us. And then he locks the door of his cabin from the inside. Can't be good. You can see they're all kind of clocking it, but no one's saying anything yet. Because everyone's like, hey, I hate to ask, but this is starting to look a little culty. I hate to be a downer, but are we about to be a part of a mass suicide? And he says, but fear not, for I have chosen to lead us in a movement. And one guy says, hey, what are you talking about? And he says, 
Hear me, loved ones. Soon we'll be free to pass through the gates. Then he takes out a lighter and he says, and we'll all reunite in eternity. And the same guy says, hey, seriously, what's going on? (laughs) And he says, friends, we are the beginning. And he clicks the lighter and everyone screams as they go up in flames. And that's where we end the episode. So first, let's talk about this. Why did Pastor Young blow up the entire council? This is the entire council who's anti-vampire, we have to assume. They're all in a meeting. The pastor has like been the de facto leader of the council, except Lurk. Yeah. And it seems, based on what we saw in that scene, that they didn't all agree to get blown up. So what is the, what's the game plan here? So I'll start by saying the Founders Council was already like kind of a cult, just a really poorly run one. So you got to give it to this pastor for being able to be like, this is a, an easy kind of a like a pre-set up cult I can just be the leader of really quick. He's clearly leaning into that immediately. When this was happening, I thought like, did they all ingest vampire blood so they can like become hunters? Like, is that something Alaric or Esther would have pushed them to do from the other side? which we don't really have evidence for that. And it's hard to know if they would do that because they all hate vampires, but Alert did it. So not that Alert did it by choice, but he could convince them of this, but they only have one white oak stake. So what's the point in all of them being like warriors, you know? Yeah. The other thing that I thought as, you know, he's talking about going to the gates, that it's some other side that I don't know what use they would have on the other side. And if they'd even get to the other side, because they're not supernatural. So I don't know about that. It seems weird of them to just all kill themselves unless I think another option is, you know, they talked about the fire in the church in the 1800s, which was a cover up, you know, to put the vampires in a tomb. But this could be something, again, I don't know why they would all have to die to do this, but to kind of, for lack of a better term, light a fire under the ass of everybody in town and say, look what the vampires did to them. They burned down this whole farmhouse, you know. Do you think they're going to blame this on vampires? I think that's a potential if these people are like fully dead. Do you think that's going to be the public story around town? Or do you think like, do you think the townspeople are going to know about this? That's a good question. I do think we're in a time and I've said this a couple of times that I think the vampire secret is going to be out from the council pretty soon. Like, I think the town is going to become knowledgeable about this at some point, or at least sections of the town. My thought is it's like a selling point for that. But again, I don't know why you'd burn the entire Founders Council or like whatever. Do you think the pastor was concerned that Alaric didn't show up? That Alaric didn't answer his texts? It's like, where's Alaric? (laughs) This could also be a case. I mean, they have a shit ton of Vervain, but they seem to all just hold Vervain with them. Again, no necklace. So I don't think it's impossible that Alaric compelled someone to do this. Mm. Because no one else seemed you know, aware of this plan. And as is often the case with mass suicides, like there are some true believers, usually in cults, you're left with just the true believers. When you get to mass suicide, they really jumped right to that step. Yeah. It's hard to say what's happening. I mean, we have to assume they're all dead. So I have to guess that this is some sort of ploy to bring up public perception of vampires and make them like villains in a new way. Again, I don't know why you'd need to kill the entire Founders Council for that. Well, and also the pastor says that they're going to reunite in eternity. So it seems like the pastor's plan, like this is step one in a plan. Well, and also it's, you know, the season premiere. And that's why the thing like reuniting in eternity did make me think that the vampire thing is a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I do think, you know, the way the Founders Council is built and the way Alaric 
or evil acts that hypocrisy between becoming a vampire and hating vampires like they can get around that they can all think what they want to think well here's a possibility do you think maybe they're turning into a different kind of supernatural creature perhaps one that fire is indicative of their powers perhaps i'm trying to think which one you're talking about because i was thinking like a phoenix you think phoenixes exist in the world of the vampire diaries sure i'm trying to think (laughs) what uh, like i don't think they're all just killing themselves yeah because it's you know day one but to be fair also this is the b squad and they are stupid (laughs) and to be fair cults do things all the time i feel like they must be turning into something or have some plan that's my my thought with the other side or some ghost approach I don't think it's a coincidence either that it's a pastor. There could be some kind of angel religion metaphor. This could also be connected to dark magic that maybe a lurk got them hooked up with some witch or again, Esther on the other side was like, I can use this dark magic in a new way. And since I'm already thinking about the possibility of a hell adjacent thing, flames go with that. Yeah. I don't know. Lots of thoughts. Lots of thoughts. Did you think we were going to end this episode with the council blowing themselves up? Nope. (laughs) Certainly not. I was like, oh, what a nice way to end the episode with Stefan and Elena on the roof. And I was like, why are we back here? All the vampires are gone. Next question. Let's move into Elena is now officially, officially a vampire. I know we talked about this a bit last week, but let's talk more about specific ramifications now that we can confirm she's completed the transition. Mm -hmm. We know that one of the hallmarks of turning into a vampire is that parts of your personality are heightened. We also know that like, she's got a lot of pre-existing relationships with vampires. She's seen transitions and there's a lot of tensions in this whole group. What ramifications do you foresee coming from Elena becoming a vampire? How do you think it's going to go? I think I said something similar to this last week, but I do think there's going to be competition in terms of who is really guiding her through this transition for the most part, because I think, Stefan will want to do his own thing. But again, Stefan leading someone through a transition, like it's hard for him to separate like other people can drink human blood. And like Caroline was able to work that out herself, essentially be like, okay, like I'm handling this better than him. Like note taken, but I have my own thing. Yeah, she's like, I'm already in better control than Stefan. I think Elena is not going to go quite as smoothly as Caroline because I think she's so scared of killing someone that she'll be so scared to drink blood regularly that then it will just result in less control. Here's my question. Of the vampires in her life that she knows, do you think there's one that she will want to emulate and one who she would choose as her mentor given the choice? Do you think she's going to try to choose a mentor? I think she'd choose Stefan because she wants to be like a good vampire. I don't think that's a good read. Because, you know, Stefan's in a a better period right now but he's not the gold standard of how you should be handling yourself. So I think she's going to want to emulate someone like Stefan, who's a little more careful where it's like, you know, Caroline doesn't kill people. She just gets her blood. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be an evil thing. And I think I said this last time, I think Elijah could be of use to her because I do think that balance of honor. while also like girls got to (laughs) eat. Yeah. Like I think Stefan, it's hard to purse those two apart because he's, he has such a hard time drinking human blood and keeping himself in control. And I don't think it's going to be like necessarily the smoothest sailing for Elena in terms of control, because I think she will have some level of like self-hatred and 
fear of who she is now, mm-hmm. which I think someone like Damon could help her work through a little better. Mm-hmm. Or like a Klaus who can be like, these are the plus sides of immortality. You know, people who have wrestled with these ideas already and can help guide her to the right point and be like, look, you're so scared of losing people. Now we don't have to be scared of losing you. Mm-hmm. Someone who might offer a more well-rounded point of view. Like, I think she's going to want to lean on Stefan. And I just think that's not going to be enough to comfort her. Not by any fault of Stefan, but I just think Elena's going to have more of these like issues she's thinking about just because she's kind of that type of person that she'll want to like sort through everything right then. Well, and she knows a lot about Stefan that she didn't know in season one, where even if she knows he's in a good period, there's always something under the surface with him and she's never going to be able to ignore that again. She always has to know that at some point in my life, I could be driven off a bridge by him again. And yeah, he'll probably save me, but he's capable of driving me off a bridge. He's capable of hurting me more than anyone can hurt me, which is something that's hard to ignore once it's there. Exactly. That brings us to the end of the premiere of season four. We've got a big season ahead of us. I'm excited for it. This was quite an episode. We're going to be dealing with a lot this season. I think it'll be fun to see how Elena changes as a vampire. I know she has her haters out there. I'm well aware of them. And I've to this point been like, no, I kind of like Elena. So we'll see how that shifts. I mean, she's not my top ranked, but I'm, I'm not a hater. So we'll see. That could change. We got a lot of Vampire Diaries left to watch. (laughs) But as always, if you're enjoying the Vampire Diaries and Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. (laughs) Bye.